Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck. More like I'll turn down the sound so you can hear the podcast hosts dueling to the death. Because this is episode 104 of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and I am your host, along with my good friend, Mr. Jeff Dean. Greetings. And we are going to be talking this episode specifically about a uh, an awesome festival that happened at uh, the beginning of February, something called Fear Fest Evil. It was put on by Kirk Hammett, and it was a ton of fun. I went down there, uh, got to interview Mr. Haruo Nakajima, got to interview Ben Furuya. It was a blast. Seriously, a ton of fun was had at that show. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. Jeff is going to live vicariously through my memories. And, yes. uh, <laughs> and unfortunately, we, I was not able to go. You Kyle, were supposed to. I was supposed to go. Uh, yes. Originally, we were talking about going together, and then uh, Jeff, you know, couldn't go. Such is the way of the world. It's cool, man. But you did get me something wonderful. I did. I did. There. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But first, we're going to play some requests, starting with the request I have for myself. That's where you're supposed to say, What is it, Kyle? What is that? <laughs> What could it be? So Jeff Zorno, artist extraordinaire who works on Godzilla Rulers of the Earth and other Godzilla titles, not to mention other things out there in the world. He mentioned this uh, this project called Animetal, and they happen to have a tokusatsu Subaraya CD. And so this very first thing that we're going to be playing is from that CD, and it is called the Ultra Q theme.
for those of you keeping track at home, we played three tracks there, starting with the main titles from Ultra Q, and that is, again, from a, a CD or a band called Animetal, and that was, uh, I think the CD title was Animetal Marathon 3, and it was a totally like a tokusatsu tribute. I have not listened to the whole thing, but it sounds very, very interesting, so I'm, I'm interested in checking that out. Then we played Phantom Forest, Water Wheel Apparition, and that is from the third yokai movie, which is uh, known as Along with Ghosts here in America. But unfortunately, I'm not positive that that was uh, attributed to the correct request, and I'm not sure who requested it either, because I seem to have lost that email. But that's for you, mysterious listener. <laughs> and uh, then we finished that up with the main title track to Gamera 3, which is a really... I was listening to Monster Music Monday earlier today, because today is Monday, and I was just like, man, Kotani just knocked it out of the park with that. I think that's probably my favorite soundtrack of his. Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, Giant Monsters All Out Attack is also really good, yes. but there's something a little too synthy about it that I yeah. don't enjoy as much. Mm-hmm. If the entire thing had been orchestrated like yeah. a standard... Uh, soundtrack i would have liked it a little bit more i think but the gamma soundtrack definitely way up there in my book that's our music we'll have a couple of tracks for the rest of the show but we're just going to go ahead and get right into it so the first weekend first full weekend i should say in february kirk hammett threw an awesome festival down in san francisco and i mean san francisco proper it was on uh i want to say van ness and it was like right in the middle of San Francisco. Yeah, right so, downtown. Yeah, totally. And uh, it was an amazing festival celebrating horror and monsters and metal, basically. So they yeah. had a ton of guests that were in horror movies. Uh, they had bands that came and played. Like Exodus. I saw I saw yeah. Exodus play. Yeah. Exod- actually, Exodus uh, with Kirk Hammett guesting yeah. played Godzilla from the Blue Oyster Cult. I missed that though. I did not see the whole show. That was a loud show. Oh yes, that's right. and we uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, that particular event. But right now, what I wanted to do, uh, I figured, why wait? Why build it up? Let's talk a little bit, just a very little bit, about Haruo Nakajima, and I'll play the interview from that. Yes, I'm uh, looking forward to hearing this. Just super briefly, I got down there and I had arranged to interview Nakajima, thanks to the guy who brought him there, Jim Cirinella. And I should actually throw out some gigantic thanks out there. So first off, big thanks to Jim Cirinella for bringing Nakajima to Fear Festival. Secondly, thanks to August Ragoni, especially his buddy Jason Varney, because Jason did the translation for me. It was really great having that resource available to me and then also you know this could come a little bit later but i'll do it right now since i'm doing shout outs (laughs) shout out to keith foster from big pimp jones because he let me stay with him in his hotel room we got to hang out a lot it was really really a lot of fun anyway so i got to interview mr haruo nakajima and that went a little bit like this nakajima-san thank you so much for coming to fear festival i've been waiting to meet you for a very long time Thank you, <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, how does it feel to have shaped such an iconic character, Godzilla? He was very happy that it's been so popular. He actually thought it was just a character that would be known in Japan. And your Godzilla 
is known for being very active, lots of motion, especially as the years progress. Can you talk a little bit about the evolution of your Godzilla? あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あ
あの、僕の代わりに怪獣やるって人いないですよ。いや、でもんらりアニアザーピープルフォーコールプレイモンスターズエクセプトフォーヒム。いや、でもんらりアニアザーピープルフォーコールプレイモンスターズエクセプトフ
Yeah, I never thought it would be lasting this long, this character. He thought right after the first one would be over. That was it. <laughs> so because Godzilla died at the end. So then with the second sequel, Godzilla Raids again, it all started and I thought, well, maybe it isn't going to end so soon. And they keep going and keep going and keep going. Wasn't it? My final question for you. What does Godzilla mean to you? He's my friend. <laughs> we got along very well together. <laughs> yes, it seems you did. It seems you did. Thank you very much, not just for coming to Fear Festa Evil, but for speaking with the Kaiju cast. Thank you very much. That was a ton of fun talking to Nakajima, and I gotta say, you know, for a Godzilla podcaster, it was... It's like a holy grail. Yeah, it was like, yeah, like the Holy Grail or like a massive check off the to-do list. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I, yeah, I had to go down because at the time I was like, when am I ever going to get a chance to interview Nakajima? Yeah, and good interview too. Thanks, man. I, I thought it was good. Uh, the only thing that, um, actually, let's talk a little bit about the interview process. So, uh, it was a little laid back because, um, this is a brand new show. And there were not a lot of scheduling things going on. So basically, they would have like panels happening on this main stage. But aside from that panel, there weren't any kind of schedules for the guests. So it was all up to like Jim Sirenella and I think, uh, uh, Lauren Portillo Butch. He was in charge of a lot of taking the guests around and stuff like that. And so basically, it was, uh, it was so laid back that when, like I actually didn't have a set time for the interview. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, well, you know, whenever works for you guys, I'll just be here. So I was at the show like the entire day, mm-hmm. and um, and then eventually it was like, okay, let's go time. <laughs> you know, like yeah. And we ended up rec- uh, recording in sort of like a backstage area because it is a venue. This talking about specifically Fear Fest Evil and where it was. It was at this venue called uh, the Regency Ballroom. And it's like the crystal ballroom here in town. So it's very old and it's uh, several floors. There's one elevator for the entire venue and it's also very old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, it's like a historical location. And so you'd go from floor to floor and like on the main floor, they had the stage where the bands would play and some vendors. There was like a tattoo artist there and then downstairs in the lower level. They had all the actual vendors there. Uh, that's where my buddy uh, Kevin was. He was selling stuff for a friend of his. And then uh, my buddies Nick, you know Nick Gucker and yeah, and yeah. Lance, they were selling stuff there. But you know, a whole bunch of people were selling selling things. Uh, and that was on the lower floor. And then there was like a mezzanine where nothing was really going on. And then the next floor up, the top floor, that's where the Japanese guests were. And then in a separate room, they had all the horror guests as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, this main room where the Japanese guests were, Basil Gogos was there, and there was a stage. That's where they did all the Q&A panels. Mm-hmm. And basically, when you looked at that stage, on you know, if you went into the stage and then off to the right, there was a backstage area. And mm-hmm. so when we were trying to figure out when to do the interview, because you know me, I would do an interview 
if they gave me an hour and a half with every guest, I totally would have done it. But you know, yeah. I had I had like fifteen minutes for each guest. Yeah. And uh and so we went back there and at first it was like, well, you guys gotta wait out here for a second. You can't go back just yet because that we didn't have all access passes. <laughs> I can't imagine why, but uh you know, I'm not a rock star. And then um which I'll talk about in a little bit. Then we went backstage and we did the interview and uh it was a backstage area so there were people hanging out there was you know there were beverages to be had i did not partake of any beverages even though they were right there and i was thirsty uh and then we finished the interview and basically had to leave but during the interview um i don't know if you could tell during you know in the recording but it started getting louder and louder so the background noise just kept creeping up and up and up Mm-hmm. And eventually, a dude came in, and I was noticing it peripherally. This guy came in and was kind of uh, motioning out the door for people. And basically, anybody who wasn't supposed to be back there was getting kicked out because Slash wanted to come backstage and hang out. And so, I noticed that the cadre of people that had come in with me was like slowly trickling yeah. out the door and then then uh then i got told like afterwards i was like oh yeah that was that was slash he wanted to come back there got kicked out of the room by by the guitarist from guns and roses yes but uh the the entire place you know the was really cool and i'm really really glad i got to interview nakajima um it was the like the backstage area was you know next to the stage and i don't know if that's how they have it set up normally but did you see the pictures from it yeah yeah i did it was amazing it looked like this cavernous hell yeah you know there were these really but it looked it was lit really well yeah unlike any other convention that i had seen pictures of yeah yeah it's completely you know uh i and you have been to monster palooza it reminded me a lot of monster palooza but way cooler decor wise yeah you know they had a whole bunch of stuff on display kirk hammett i think brought out his own personal displays but i'm not positive about that like uh if you look at the kaiju cast album for fear festival you can see i think uh over a hundred photos that i took yeah i mean you got photos of like posters masks because he's models i mean statues yeah Yeah. i mean and he has a book out which kind of chronicles do you have that book i do not have the book i I looked at it many times but it kind of just basically is like a chronicle of of his collection so far yeah and he's got like i mean he's got original artwork original posters i mean he's got some prime stuff yeah, well, he had it all on display, and it was essentially, you couldn't take five steps without seeing something awesome. You know, yeah. it was really amazing. And he had original paintings from Basil Gogos there. Yes. Speaking yeah. of Basil Gogos. And that's what Kyle got yeah. for me, was a uh, signed uh, print of uh, Basil Gogos. Is it Gicle? Gicle is the, ex- the exact yes. term that they use yes. for that. Which means fancy print, essentially. And for anybody who doesn't know who Basil Gogos is, he's like a famous painter who is primarily known, at least in the genre community, for painting many, many covers for famous monsters of Filmland. That is true. Uh, specifically ones kaiju fans might be familiar with from famous monsters as he did a Gorgo painting. Yes. Which is actually my favorite thing he's ever done. King Kong. Did King Kong. is great. You know what else he did? Frankenstein from Frankenstein Conquers the World. That one's cool. I don't know if that was on a cover or not, but it was really cool. I think it was. Uh, But if you're not familiar with famous monsters, let's say you're, you're a younger fan. 
then uh, you might be familiar with the original American poster for Godzilla versus the Bionic Monster. Basil Gogos did the artwork for that as well. Yes, he's he, a he's a legend. He is definitely a legend, and he's uh, kind of up there in the age group. I don't I know how, 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 much, how much did I tell you about getting that print? Yeah, I, I know it was like a it was an ordeal because also I, mean, I know you had mentioned to me that it was very loud in there, and you couldn't quite. Yeah, this you was know. essentially the panel room at, yeah. at the show. So they had, they had, uh, Japanese guests that didn't speak English and their interpreters and Basil Gogos, who, who definitely is creeping up in years. He looks really great. I think he dyes his hair, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> there was one point where, um, I asked him what was for sale and I, I'm pretty sure he told me that the pieces that one of the pieces I got you was was original artwork, but he was motioning towards the other stuff because he actually did have original artwork on the table for yeah. for sale. I didn't have that kind of money. Yes, and neither did I. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was actually, I, I mean, not that I was disappointed. I totally, if he had had his Gorgo piece, I absolutely would have bought that yeah. for his King Kong or his, yeah. you know, Frankenstein or Frankenstein Conquers the World. But um, you know, I introduced myself to him and I, I told him I was a big fan. Cause even though I'm not a monster, a famous monsters kid, mm-hmm. um, which is another conversation in and unto itself, but, uh, uh, about how I was raised. But the, um, even though I'm not a famous monsters kid, I absolutely love his artwork. And especially because I'm, uh, you know, somewhat of an artist myself, mm-hmm. I really, really appreciated not just what he he did in the in the past, but that he continued to keep working on stuff. Did you yeah. ever see the piece he did for um this is another thing I was kinda hoping he had. He did a painting of Godzilla, the Megagirus and Godzilla two thousand suit. Yeah, yeah. Fighting yeah. Grand King Ghidra. Yeah, yeah. And I was I like, Oh my God, imagine if he had that as a print for sale. Yeah. I would buy that so Amazing. fast. Oh my yeah. God. I mean he just had such a unique style, especially when it came to painting the monsters which were always seen in black and white and he did these like completely original and just glorious color images oh they're extremely they're almost yeah. psychedelic in, yeah in the in the color palette and they're so textured too which is just i mean they're just fabulous like the one you got for me which is of nosferatu mm-hmm. which is a relatively new painting that he did i think within the last 10 years mm-hmm. is uh just fantastic yeah he also had a bella lugosi dracula for sale as well yeah he had that one for like when famous monsters relaunched here a few years ago yeah that was one of the alternate covers you get for the first issue was oh that, right was on that bella lugosi image you know one of the thrills of being at the convention was actually seeing original paintings like on display they had um the phantom of the opera like that's one of the ones that uh, Kirk Hammett had on display. Yeah. Uh it was oh my gosh, it's just like it was one of those things where you're in this big room, right? So this is the venue room where they have the Q&A panels and on one side of it there are post um, you know original posters framed and original artwork framed and some statues and on the other side of the room you have a whole bunch of you know some statues and a lot of Kirk Hammett's guitars mm-hmm. that have the that have been you know, decorated with, with monster like artwork. And then you have masks. That was that sort of like bank of masks that he had and some, some, uh, maquettes and model kits and stuff like that. Yeah. And then 
you know, and in the center, that's where they had the Q&A panel and, and everybody was standing there. But it's a lot to take in. You know, you're looking around this room and it's just, I took a panoramic shot of it just so you could sort of understand like, oh my gosh, look at all the stuff that's in here. And it's overwhelming in a sense because you're standing there looking at the original painting for the Phantom of the Opera that Basil Gogos did. And then like 30 seconds later, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm staring at this amazing piece of artwork that's here. Yeah. Holy, holy crap. You know? (laughs) It was really, really amazing and totally, I mean, totally worth the trip down. It was not cheap for me to fly down there. And, uh, you know, I got a good deal in a hotel room. I got a decent deal on a flight. And, uh, you know, it was just completely worth the trip, not just for Nakajima and Furuya-san, but just to, you know, check it out. It was, like I said, it was like Monster Palooza, but in a classier, vintagey, yeah. you know, historic location it was awesome you think it was i mean was it well attended in your opinion there's a lot of people there i so think it was only there two were, days right it was only yeah like it was saturday. basically friday and saturday yeah, yeah. and there were it, i think there were a lot of people there i mean i saw a lot of people there that's for sure so yeah. i'd say that typically you know there weren't more people there than at monster palooza but it was the first show yeah yeah so i'm just kind of cycling through pictures here looking at what they had on display oh my god they had so many amazing sculptures it was it was an amazing time to be to be sure uh if they have it again i don't know i'm I'm not saying that i wouldn't go back because i'm a i'm a fan of horror but i'm not like a hardcore fan of horror yeah um it would take they had some japanese Japanese guests guests to go down yeah I from the I mean the price is a little expensive to get into the show. I think it was eighty bucks for, for two days. Eighty basically. bucks for two yeah. days, yeah. That's more pricey than I'm used used to paying. But yeah. you know, I got the chance to meet yeah, the original I mean, Godzilla. Yeah. And that's how you went. Right. I that, mean, that is was the that was the primary draw. For that you. was the catalyst, yeah. man, for sure. That was absolutely the reason I went to that show. Yeah. I mean I'm tempted next year to go. I mean, I wanted to go, yeah, but I just like I don't want to spend all that money. But I, but I remember like seeing your pictures the weekend of it. I'm like, oh, I should have gone. Yeah, but you know, I feel that way a lot of a lot of shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But especially the pictures. I'm like, damn, why didn't I go? You know, the but, I'd say the you know, if I look at pictures from a comic book convention, I don't get that feeling anymore. Like it's really well, it's, yeah. When I look at it, they all look the same. Yeah, but but when you showed like, me the when I saw those pictures, yeah. I'm like, this looks completely unique and completely different. And I'm like, you know. It was really unique. So imagine, okay, so at Monster Palooza, for those who have not been, there is a museum, right? Is that what they call it? So there's a museum with amazing sculptures in it. So that was what the entire place was decked decked out as. You know, it was really, just really awesome. And there, there was a cool vibe, you know, at the show. It was very... Very friendly, but there was a lot of metalheads there. There were yeah, a lot of hor- yeah. old, you know horror fans and stuff there. It was really cool. That's what I think. Those kind of conventions, like Monster Palooza, are the ones that really stand out. A lot of the major popular comic book conventions are just very kind of generic. Yeah, nowadays. you have yeah. the same kind of vendors, same kind of stuff, which is fine. But, um, I mean, I'm really kind of pulled now towards. Especially last year since we went to Monster Palooza. That was just like incredible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for my money, that's like the best convention I've been to so far in my life. I think you would have really enjoyed Fear Festival. Yeah. I hope it happens next year because, um, 
you know, my family doesn't live too far away, so I could just shack up with them and drive in for the day or something. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So essentially, I mean, just kind of wrapping up the Fear Fast Evil, Fest Evil, unless you have a question specifically for me, uh, I would say that, you know, Fear Fest Evil was essentially a Friday and Saturday of really cool stuff going on. Uh, I got to catch the Basil Gogos panel mm-hmm. in addition to the, uh, the panel with the Japanese guests as well. I got to see Exodus. I'm not a fan of Exodus, but mm-hmm. I don't dislike them. Yeah. They were cool. Uh, and I got to actually, uh, see Kirk Hammett. He walked right past me. I was standing next to that super old elevator. <laughs> waiting and, uh, for it and like door opens giant dude walks out giant dude walks out kirk hammett walks out giant dude walks out <laughs> kirk so you got to see kirk hammett and his security team that's right that's right um security detail so what about the uh godzilla sushi place that you went to you want to talk about yeah that well we can talk about that a little bit there's a you know it's it's been around for years and years and years there's a place called godzilla sushi which is not that far away from the venue and uh last time i uh, not last time. The first time I went down to San Francisco with Lady Kyle, it was for Godzilla Night, the thing that Bob Johnson put on. Yes. And basically, we tried to go to Godzilla Sushi, but it, we went on Sunday, and they're closed on Sunday. Mm-hmm. We didn't know they were closed. Uh, and then the next year, we did not spend any time at all in San Francisco. We basically just went to the event, and then the next morning, we came back up. So this year, I was like, damn it, I'm going to <laughs> Godzilla Sushi. And, uh, and we did. So Keith Foster and I went with two listeners, Dell and Jonathan. And, uh, we had like a, it was almost like a pre listener party dinner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was good. It was cool. They had a Godzilla roll made of fish. Uh, they had, you know, it was a sit down sushi place. So it wasn't like a train or, a, yeah. you know, the boats. Um, they had Godzilla posters up on the wall. I believe that during the, 50th anniversary film festival that they had there uh august and bob and those guys took the guests to godzilla sushi oh, wow. so uh yeah, cause you have a few pictures i know online of at least a few pictures inside the place correct yeah yeah they uh i think i took one or two inside it's really i mean not to not to sound like a braggart because that's not what i'm going for here but you know I'm looking around here. This is, I've got way more Godzilla stuff than they have in there. And the, the posters that they have are kind of, you know, a lot of them are faded because it's been around a while. They've got a cool mural on the wall. Mm-hmm. They have a t shirt. Um, Jonathan and Dell ended up spending a significant amount of time with the Japanese guests because that's, that's essentially why they went to the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know if it made it to him, but Jonathan actually bought Nakajima a Godzilla sushi t-shirt. Really? <laughs> yeah. I should ask him. Actually, Jonathan's a listener. You should let me know, dude. Did you actually give him that shirt? We were trying to guess like Nakajima's shirt size because <laughs> he's an old <laughs> old man and stuff. Yeah. How old is Nakajima? He's like 80. Did you look that up before you came? No. He's 85, dude. Wow. Close. Nice work. Nice. Yes. Seriously. I'm Just impressed. Guess. Yeah. He was born January 1st, 1929. Well done, sir. Yeah. So, and actually, Nakajima, that's one of the reasons I went down there is because Nakajima's getting up there in age. Yeah. You never know how long these Japanese fellows will last. So. You got to pounce when you can. <laughs> that's right. Right. That's right. That's right. Exactly right. 
Well, we have a lot of news to talk about, and because we spent a significant amount of time right there, I think what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and play a song. And this song is called Blowing Up the Statue of the Martial God. It's from the Bukamisha Weird Secret Society, and it's from the Wrath of Daimajin. And we'll be back with the news. reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. So it's another one of those uh, months where I say we do have a lot of news to cover. And we do. And we do. (laughs) So uh, first and foremost, right after I recorded the last episode of the Kaiju cast, Legendary released the official Godzilla trailer. If you listened to the last episode and you stuck around through the end, you heard my thoughts on it. El Jefe. I want to hear what you thought about the trailer. I mean, this trailer got me very, very excited. Yeah. I I loved this trailer. Okay. I loved the whole feel of it, the mood of the trailer. Um, Brian Cranston doing the the narration. It's everything I hoped this film would be. Nice. Um, I will tell you right off the bat right now that if they re- they're going to release the second trailer, I'm I'm pretty sure of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to watch that. Yeah, because I'm I got done. a feeling like with the with the second trailer, they then they kind of go through the beats of the movie of kind of what happens. You know, usually when second trailers, they kind of like yeah. they they reveal too much. Th- this is it. I've watched this trailer like ten times. It's going to be really hard when that <laughs> comes out to like not watch it. But I just have to like do it. Yeah. But yeah. this trailer, I'm very pleased with the direction 
and the mood of the film from what they're presenting it's going to be, which I hope it is. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think it's going to be like that. I mean, I think the vibe you get from the trailer, that's, yeah, yeah. that's what's going to happen in the movie. You know what I'm yeah. actually kind of interested in doing? I think I'll record this, but I will not post it in an episode Maybe it'll be like something like a time capsule, mm-hmm. <laughs> a two month, three month time capsule. We'll open it on July third. No, no, we'll <laughs> open it on <laughs> May seventeenth, May eighteenth. Yeah. yeah, no, no. Uh, it was basically I want to watch the trailer and take notes mm-hmm. and sort of like make like uh, like bets almost, like say, yeah, okay, yeah. so when he says this, I think this is going to happen, and when he says this, I think this is going to happen. Like mm-hmm. basically, sort of make my predictions for the film, yeah. but then I want to seal that away. And forget about it until I actually see the movie and then sort of listen to it and find yeah. out how right was Kyle. Yeah. It's funny because when I watch the second trailer, it really harkens back for me to the mood of the original film. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. I think it's going to be I mean, a lot less. Um, I don't think it's going to be very slow paced. Like you saw monsters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monsters you saw had monsters. a very slow pace. I really don't think this is gonna but have a slow pace. But it. it seems very serious. Oh yes, very serious. And, and very I mean I, I would even liken it to horrific. I, I mean think so. it, it seems like you're gonna see a lot of the uh the damage done and the repercussions of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is kind of sombering. But that's what I I mean that's what I want for this film. Yeah, you know, I was talking to somebody recently, and this is the last thing I'll say about the trailer, because uh, we got to move on to the news. Godzilla's history, like his filmography, so to speak, I wasn't around for a lot of it. You know, I didn't actually uh see movies come out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I was like, sure, I was alive when Godzilla movies were being made, but I wasn't aware of them being made at the time. And I yeah. wasn't aware of them until much later after they had been released. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the most, for anybody living in America, that was the case. A lot of people, yes. But, the, yeah. you know, I'm. Uh, this actually goes back to the fact that I wasn't really a huge Godzilla fan until, like, 1995 when I finally stumbled onto the Internet and realized, oh, my gosh, they've continued making these movies. So I got online. I started becoming a huge Godzilla fan in 95. Mm-hmm. So I had, to, I had this giant back catalog to go check out. Yeah. And yeah. what ended up happening was... 1999 through 2004 i was present in my mind to the production of all of those and paying attention to what was happening for these movies to come out and seeing them immediately after they were released or you know immediately meaning maybe like months down the road when i was finally able to get a a hold of a bootleg of that of that movie but uh for all of those movies every time i saw one and it's sort of for the the previous ones but there was almost like a weird brain wall going up where i said well those movies are those movies anything that came before 1995 or 1999 those movies were godzilla movies that's how they were made that's how they were when i watched the new stuff from 99 through 2004 after every single one and the voice was louder in some than others but after every single one my brain was kind of like man i really do wish that these movies could get a little more modernized and not just with the special effects but also with the story with the editing you know that's sort of one of the problems i have with a lot of very minute problems i have with a lot of these movies is that you know there are little tweaks here and there and little things that i don't understand why they were made that way and you know some people i think might 
attribute that to them being Japanese. And the Japanese have a very different way of telling stories. But, you know, I really do watch the films and say, I loved that, Mm -hmm. but it could have been better. And so for America to make a Godzilla movie, I want to leave the Godzilla movie in May and say that was awesome. And that's what I was hoping America would do for a Godzilla movie. And so far, I'm I'm liking the direction because I really... I don't think America could make a fun Godzilla movie without turning it into a comedy. And it would never play like we'd want it to play. But anyway, that's what I got from watching the Godzilla movie is like things look like they're going to be the way I want them to be. And I'm really hoping they do. Yeah. I mean, they're presenting the film in a positive manner, at least for us fans. I mean, as us fans, I mean, me and you. Other Godzilla fans might want something different. I'm not sure. I think, but, you know, it's you know. everybody's different. They want something different from a Godzilla movie. But yeah. I don't want to say we should consider ourselves lucky. But you know, it's an American take on a, an iconic creature. Sure, it's Japanese in its origin, but it doesn't. Bo- none of the stuff I saw in the in the trailer bothers me. Yeah, I mean, Godzilla is an iconic monster, like you said, like Frankenstein, like Dracula. So yeah, I think it's like you know, and Godzilla is you know, it's Japanese. Godzilla belongs to the world. Everybody. Godzilla belongs yeah. to the world and the yeah. universe. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, though, we've talked a little bit too much about the trailer. That always happens. Whenever we're going to start talking about something, we always go longer than we thought we were going to do, right? Whoops. Maybe that's bonus content. Maybe I'll edit that out. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Uh, uh, Empire Magazine released a uh, cover, actually two different covers, for a very special Godzilla issue that they did. Uh, basically, they have... Uh, a one cover that it has like Godzilla against a red background. It's almost very artistic looking in a yeah. sense. And then the other cover is a straight up frontal shot of the monster. Like probably the clearest shot of Godzilla we've seen yet. Yeah. And man, looks really, really devastating. Really cool stuff. Have you picked up the issue yet? No, I don't. Because I Empire don't know Magazine, if I'm going to. Empire Magazine is a good magazine, and usually I know they carry it like at Barnes and Noble here mm. in in town. They, Did you pick it up? I haven't picked it up yet. I'm not even sure if it's over I here think, yet. Well, yeah, it might not be over but, here yet. But, I mean, Empire Magazine is a good magazine. Well, I might check it out. But then British again, magazine. at the same time, like I don't really, I don't really collect magazines. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have some old G fans and some old, you know, Japanese giants and Markalite magazines, but they're not. I focus on the toys typically. So, uh, I, you know, I might go get it. I might not. And the yeah. other problem with going to get it is I'm going to be really tempted to read it. Yes. And I don't want to read it. I'm done with any kind of information. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of done with any kind of information, oh my God, it is impossible for me to ignore the toy pictures that are being posted online. I did say something about that during the last episode. Like, I know I'm going to have to see what the Mudo monsters look like because the toys are getting yeah, released and yeah. stuff. But it's the embargo was supposed to get released on May 17th or March 17th. What it's, it's the 10th today of, of <laughs> yeah, of March. Yeah. And like, and, I've already seen yeah. so much stuff. Yeah. There's already been, I don't know you posted something, um, just last weekend about the Nika. Large size figure is. Oh all, no, that's not that's not Nika. That's Jack's Pacific. Jack's Pacific yeah, is yeah, already yeah. showing up in some stores. Yeah, around the country totally. And I I absolutely drove to Toys R Us on Friday in the yeah. off chance that they had it. I was like, I'm buying this sucker if they have it. Yeah, 
I'll be making a, a stop at Toys R Us once a week from now on. Cool. Just, just looking for it. Jeff, will you do me a favor? If I find it? Yeah. Yeah. Will you pick me up one for me? Absolutely. Buddy, you know, you know I'm good for the money. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to ship it. I can just come over to your that, house. That's right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, so the Jack specific figure came out. You know, it's funny is that there's a picture of Chris Mowry. He got one. And because he, he got one already. Yeah. He got one because he, uh, he went to a Toys R Us and they had it. And it's kind of like, oh, the, the writer for Godzilla rulers of earth. Sure. He gets one. So what's the, what, what's the size on this one? Is it's like, I know there's like a YouTube like video. Two feet tall. Yeah. It's like two feet tall and I think 41 inches long. And the price is like ridiculously low for something of that I think size. At, I think at Toys R Us, it retails for $45. That is, I mean, that's cheap for a collectible of that size. I, I agree. You know, he's going to go right there next to those big giant guys. Yes. I'm going to make some room. I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but he's going right in there. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they have. You know, did you see the Bandai stuff? Like the, the smaller figures? Yeah. yeah. Not impressed. In fact, I'm yeah. really unimpressed with the Bandai stuff. I'm not, it's not for me. What about the Nika stuff? Yeah. Well, the Nika stuff, we haven't seen any of their figures yet, but, um, you know, you know I'm Nika's also doing, you know, they're doing like a 85 Godzilla. Yeah, right? that's, yeah, they're doing 85 yeah, yeah. and 84 technically. Yeah, yeah, 84. And 94. We haven't seen pictures of the 84 yet, but I'm, I'll probably buy the 94. Nika does, I mean, their quality is pretty good. Yeah, they, mean, did they, the they do the Pacific Rim figures, Rim figures, which yeah. speaking of, I should mention that I did get Series 3 in its entirety. I got Trespasser, the updated knife head, which holy cow, those things are huge now. Yeah, the, the new battle damage knife head is so much bigger than that yeah. Series 1 knife head that they had released. Yeah, they look, it looks like a baby knife head. Yeah, <laughs> knife, knife head's head. little... Little son. Like Minya and Godzilla. But, uh, not really. The, but Trespasser looks amazing. Yeah. I mean, the quality on those Nika figures are fantastic. Yeah. And I'm looking right now at the Cherno Alpha, which is fantastic. Yeah. I like Cherno Alpha. He's, uh, he's definitely a really cool figure. And he's, yeah. and I got Coyote Tango as well. So yeah, I got the whole, I got the whole wave. Yeah. Lucky for me, they got them in two different shipments. So first they had the Kaiju and then they had the, yeah. the Jaegers. Yeah. So I was able to, ease the wallet a little bit because it was in between two paychecks (laughs) yeah i I went last weekend and i picked up the trespasser because uh, i'm just getting all the monsters but the more i look at chino alpha it's like they had a a bunch of those over there at tifa so yeah yeah and they were like 20 bucks which is pretty affordable you know for one of those you know what else you should do you should when you go to toys r us to look for the uh, godzilla you should look for the pacific rim figures and if they have chino alpha that's going to be the cheapest place to buy it yeah, I mean, really, I mean, Tifa has it for twenty. I think like Toys R Us would probably have it for seventeen. I think. Yeah, because I, I, well, I bought, no, I bought. It'll be fourteen ninety nine. Okay, I bought Trespasser for it was thirty bucks at Tifa. And I haven't seen any of the Pacific Rim at Toys R Us since the first line. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's one of those things to me. Like, if I came across another Cherno Alpha figure, I might pick it up. I don't normally do like the whole resale value kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not telling all the listeners to buy a second Cherno Alpha figure, but, but you know, you, know, you got to put your kids through college somehow. Uh, those Pacific Rim <laughs> figures, they don't last long. Yeah, they're kind of in and out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know that they are going to continue doing some of them, but mm-hmm. the problem with the, with the kaiju is according to the Nika spokesman at Toy Fair, they only have the ability to do one more kaiju and that's Scunner. 
Otherwise, they get too big. But what? they do really should box. do a boxed Otachi figure. Man, yeah, totally. Right? Yeah, I mean that's the that's the one that I want. I want Otachi and do it in a box. I don't know why they can't do Raiju. That's the one that kind of looked like a crocodile. Yeah, I want. I would o- get that too. I want an Otachi. For that's the record, Nika, because I know you're listening. They're probably not listening. Uh, <laughs> somebody might connect. Somebody to them. might might be listening. I'm on their press list now. So, but for the record, I would buy. Every single release they did, if it was a new figure. Yeah. Like, so I know they're going to do another Gypsy Danger. I may or may not get that, right? Another one? Yeah. So they've already because, done two. Uh, yeah. Right. So according to the, the interview, the first round of figures that they did, they had to crank them out kind of quickly, and they had to do them at a price point that they could sell them in places like Walmart. Yeah. And so they weren't able to get, like, the kind of articulation that they like to put in their figures the kind of detail that they like to put in their figures, they weren't able to get that in for that release. So I think I covered this on the last episode, so I apologize to the listeners because we're going to get moving on to the next thing. But I do want to mention put, one other thing. Put, put a box figure out. Please. Because you know the the giant 18-inch Gypsy Danger that they released? Mm-hmm. They went into a second production of that because it sold out like pretty much immediately. Did you get yours? Not yet. It's at TFAW right now. The 18-inch? Yeah. Which TFAW? The one in Beaverton had them. Well, because I was there on Saturday and I didn't see any of them. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I wonder if they sold out already. They might have. Because I heard it was like really popular. It's like a hundred bucks or something yeah. like that. But James it, was trying to get me to buy it. Yeah. But it looks great. <laughs> and it would look good in here, I think. <laughs> you think? <laughs> the knife head looks really cool. But I've, that if I bought that knife head, the 20-inch knife head figure, mm-hmm. that means I would have three knife head figures. And yes. I'm not a huge fan of that monster. Anyway. Moving on. I think it's your duty to buy it, really. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. My wallet thanks you, sir. Or hates you. Something. (laughs) Anyway, moving on to the next news item. Uh, And we'll have show notes, of course, links in the show notes, all this stuff. Uh, Rialto, uh, the Rialto, as we already have discussed on the show, is taking the original Godzilla film back to the theaters. Mm -hmm. I have here a list of confirmed screenings that I thought I would read off really quickly. April 12th, it'll be playing at Hollywood, California's Turner Classic Movies Classic Film Festival. April 18th through the 24th, New York, New York, the Film Forum. April 25th through May 1st, Santa Fe, New Mexico for the John Cocteau Cinema. I think that's how you say that. May 2nd through the 4th and the 6th, it'll be playing in Silver Springs, Maryland at the AFI Silver. May 2nd through the 5th in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, at the Hollywood Theater. That's where we'll be. That's where we will be, Jeff. And I'll actually be there uh, with Mr. August Ragoni. He's coming up for a book signing, which is pretty exciting. More details on that to come. And May 2nd through the 8th, Seattle, Washington will be playing it at the SIF Cinema Uptown. May 2nd through the 8th, Somerville, Massachusetts at the Somerville Theater. May 8th, Ambler, Pennsylvania at the Ambler Theater. <laughs> May 9th through the 15th, Chicago, Illinois at the Music Box Theater. May 9th through the 15th, Denver, Colorado, Denver Film Society. May 9th through the 15th, Fort Collins, Colorado at the Lyric Cinema Cafe. That's where, uh, that's where Brian and Rachel are from, Fort Collins. Wow. Yeah. Too bad they're going to be here in Portland. (laughs) Watching it on the big screen of the Hollywood Theater. Guaranteed seats sold, Mr. Dan Halstead. Just kidding. Uh, well, well, and I'm also going to be presenting something with August too, like a like little presentation before the films, before the film. 
where was I? El Segundo, California at the Arclight Cinemas Beach Cities. It's going to be playing May 12th through the 13th and the 15th. Also, May 12th through the 13th. Sounds like they have multiple prints. <laughs> Jeff is yawning right now because this is I think so, so boring. Yes. You're going to go through every date in I the am. US. I want to make sure that people understand where to go see the original Godzilla when it's playing in the theaters. Pasadena, California at the Arclight Cinemas Pasadena is going to be there again May 12th through the 13th and the 15th. And those same dates in San Diego, California at the Arclight Cinemas La Jolla. May 14th, Doylestown, Pennsylvania at the County Theater. May 23rd through the 26th at Houston, in Houston, Texas at the Museum of Fine Arts, Houston. May 28th, Lexington, Kentucky at the Kentucky Theater. Cause it's Kentucky. I do declare. At the Kentucky Theater. July 17th, Columbus, Ohio. Wexner Center for the Arts. There you go. Go to the link in the show notes for more details on that. I don't know why I went into my foghorn, leghorn uh, impression at the end of it, but congratulations, you've heard my foghorn, leghorn. It's a good one. I say, boy, we're gonna move on to the next <laughs> news item. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna move on to the next news item. That's a book, son. <laughs> okay. There's a new book up for pre-order called The Art of Japanese Monsters. It's written by Sean Lincolnback, who used to run Showcase Collectibles in Atlanta, Georgia. He's also the guy who wrote the um, Collecting Godzilla book that came out a long time ago. I'm looking forward to that. It's basically a book of posters. I like posters. Yes. Uh, also, what's the date? What's the release date for the book? Is it like sometime early May? Oh, you would ask me that, Jeff. It is it's for the listeners. May thirteenth, two thousand fourteenth, and we'll have a link in the show notes to the Sci-Fi Japan article about that release. Also, moving on, Godzilla the Animated Series is getting a DVD release. The complete series is being released on DVD, and that is something we talked about in the last episode. But Sci-Fi Japan has a lot more details about it, so follow the link to check that out. And Sony Home Video, I believe it's like May 6th, is releasing, I believe it is five different double feature discs featuring many. I think it's all. It's not all because basically Godzilla 1984 is not on there. I was going to say the, the ones that they have had, they've released. Yeah, in they've the past. released double feature discs releasing those on Blu-ray. Yeah. So it's a double feature. I, and, uh, I believe I'm correct in saying this. Double feature of Godzilla vs. King Ghidra and Godzilla vs. Mothra from the Heisei era. Yep. Uh, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2, the 1993 film, and Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, 1994. Yes. Those will be a double disc. Yep. Godzilla vs. Destroya and Godzilla vs. Megagirus will be on one disc. And Godzilla Final Wars and Tokyo SOS will be on another disc. Now, suspiciously, I don't know why, but... Godzilla 2000 is not there. Godzilla 2000 is not on that list, and neither is Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. Yeah. And where's GMK, man? Yeah, that is... That's a little odd, isn't it? There's a couple of choices here that I would not have made if I was in that ifen... uh, Ifen? (laughs) There's a couple of choices I would not have made if that was my decision to make. First off... Don't put Tokyo SOS and Final Wars together. You put yeah. Godzilla X Mechagodzilla and Tokyo SOS together. Yeah. And and why put Destroyer and Megagirus together? That doesn't make any sense either. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they just do like the two chronologically, you know, together. Yeah. yeah. Like they have with uh, King Ghidra and Godzilla vs. Mothra. Yeah. That's a good decision. But. Yeah. So essentially, you know, the, the problem here is that we've got 
we've got a, a mishmash of Heisei and Millennium films that Sony's putting out. I'm not upset that they're putting them out. I'm happy that they're finally getting at least some attention, but it seems like a cash grab to me. You know, they're basically yeah. capitalizing on the on the release the, of the new Godzilla film. Yeah, the new film. And there's really, these are bare-bone discs. You're going to get two different audio tracks. Well, that's better than you and had before and, and with the DVDs. And that's it. Yeah. But they are relatively cheap. For two films, I think if you pre-order on Amazon, they're like thirteen ninety nine, which is about 7 bucks each. Yeah, which, that's pretty awesome. I mean, it's it's pretty cheap, and you can't complain there. Yeah. yeah. I'll probably get them just because the only copies I have of the Japanese versions of those movies are on bootleg DVDs, yeah. non-anamorphic bootleg mm-hmm. DVDs, and I have like some bootleg digital files yeah. from Japan. I just think if this is what we're getting, I doubt any time in the future we're going to get anything better than this. Yeah, I mean, you it's know, impossible it's like, to get like a giant box set of stuff because of the way the licensing works here in America. Yeah. yeah. But moving on to the next round of, uh, of DVDs and Blu-rays, Media Blasters is finally putting out Godzilla vs. Megalon and God's, uh, Destroy All Monsters on Blu-ray and DVD. Again, bare-bones sets because yeah. they got in trouble for the <laughs> for yeah. the extra features from Destroy All Monsters. Yeah. Uh, link in the show notes to all of that stuff. Uh, not to mention the Kraken-releasing Blu-rays for Every Horror of the Deep, Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster, and Godzilla vs. Skygen. Those have been finalized. Again, same kind of thing. You're looking at bare-bones sets for those, yeah, but, but the at cover least art- you're getting the Japanese and the English tracks. And the cover art for those has been released. So yeah, that's what the cover online. art is, yeah. yeah. Links uh, to Sci-Fi Japan for that stuff. Moving outside of the DVD releases, X Plus has their lineup on Sci-Fi Japan. Okay, Jeff, let me know if you know, recognize any of these monsters. Okay. There's a 25-centimeter Mochiron from Ultraman Taro that will be released. A 30-centimeter Dodongo figure. Any of these ringing a bell so Dodongo. far? Dodongo. <laughs> 25 what, what i was gonna say you. is not family friendly, okay so no a 25 <laughs> nice a 25 centimeter gamera versus virus set mm-hmm. you recognize those names those are from ultraman right <laughs> bad jeff alien guts from ultra 7 alien guts sounds like a sounds like an accessory a 30 centimeter it says danger but I didn't get a chance to like figure out if that's like Dengar or Dang a thirty centimeter Dengar a Dengar figure from Star Wars. <laughs> that's a wrong movie. A thirty centimeter Danger figure from Return of Ultraman and a Real Master Classics. I think is what that is. A Real Master Collection, which is a resin thirty centimeter figure for the nineteen fifty four Godzilla. Are you getting any of those? No, no, because no. I already have a, a vinyl thirty centimeter figure here that was released by our good friends at Diamond Comics Distribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last but not least is an Ultra 7 in its ray pose. Firing that off. Uh, that's going to do it for our news. There's a Kickstarter campaign called Ifukube and Godzilla, a musical celebration. And I really, really want all of the listeners to check this out. In fact, instead of us talking about it, why don't we let the Kickstarter folks talk about it themselves? The music of Akira Ifakube is as much a character in these movies as the monsters themselves, and you really cannot separate the two. You know, it goes back to like when you're a kid and you're playing with your Godzilla toys and you're just you're humming the Ifakube music, and it's such an integral part of 
the success of that era going back to the 1960s, the golden age of Toho, that when you see an image from that, that's literally one of the first things that'll pop into your head is the music. It was so powerful. 2014 is obviously both the 60th anniversary of Godzilla and the 100th anniversary of Akira Fukube. And with the new movie coming out this year, awareness of Godzilla is going to be at an all-time high. So this is really the perfect chance for us to pay tribute to both those things and kind of show that special connection that Mr. Fukube has had with this character throughout his entire career. One of the things that really interests me about this particular project when John mentioned it to me a few months ago was the chance to actually put on a symphonic concert about Godzilla music, specifically about the original film's composer, Akira Fukube. Akira Fukube had very little time to score these films, so the chance to see what this man did in a matter of days for an entire film is going to be a real treat for a lot of people to actually see. The idea for this concert came to me in 2007 when I was contacted by the Austin Wind Symphony to orchestrate a suite of music from King Kong vs. Godzilla and it went over very well. I had a lot of fun doing it, and that's when I got to thinking that maybe it was time for a full concert. And in the setting of these movies, like the classic Godzilla films, it could be in both a fun program that people will know, but also respecting a man who, while he's known very well classically in Japan, you know, for his classical music works, he's not known as much outside. So it's kind of a way to honor both of those things. G-Fest is a Godzilla convention held annually every year in July in Chicago. To put on this concert at G-Fest is going to be great because it gives fans of the genre a chance to experience music alive, but it also gives people that perhaps don't know a lot about the genre a chance to actually see and hear the music of Godzilla films and the music of Akira Fukube. This current project we're working on, we have a big opportunity to do something that has not been done before, at least in this country. So people know about Godzilla. But what they don't realize is that actually Akira Fukube created the roar for Godzilla, and he created it musically. This concert gives the opportunity to not only honor the past, but to look ahead for a very bright future. The music is just so fitting to these creatures, and you know, Godzilla's theme, you know, starting to... You just can't forget that theme. You know exactly what's coming. I mean, it's it's kind of like it's every bit as effective as the Jaws theme was, you know, in John Williams' score. And you even take like a theme like Rodan, you know, played on the high trumpets, and you perfectly picture this massive flying, you know, pteranodon. There's literally never been this kind of personality in music for giant monsters in the history of cinema. The great thing about this concert is it gives everybody a chance to work together. We've been actually given the blessing uh, by Toho and Toho Music to put this show on and to do something that's really going to show tribute and be something that fans and non-fans of the genre can enjoy. This is a real opportunity to just honor the master and bring his music in front of an audience that will appreciate it. But in order to do that, we need your help. This concert cannot happen without the help and support of fans and people that are great lovers of music. It's going to be fun. It's going to be powerful and it's going to be an event. Godzilla fans are some of the most passionate fans I know. They have a great love for the genre and all the characters and creatures that are included. This is a show that's being put on by Godzilla fans for Godzilla fans. Thank you in advance, and we hope to see you at the show. There you go, man. This is a Kickstarter that I really, really, really want to happen. Uh, 
And I, you know what? I'm not a, I'm not ashamed to say this Kickstarter. Uh, you know, I talk a lot about Kickstarters on this on this program. A lot of people contact me and they want to get the word out. That's great. But this is probably the project that I have been the most excited for. You know, I'm going to G Fest, so I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing this as well. And uh, I, I want to get these guys on the show. I'm pretty sure it's going to be our first bonus episode of uh, of 2014 get these guys on to talk about this project and the the symphony and what they want to do because I would like die to see this in front of an audience. Did you go to, it's not going to be like this really, but did you see the Star Wars thing when it came to town? Yeah, the uh, symphony Star Wars, yeah, Anthony yeah. Daniels. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I imagine, I know it's not going to be like that, but imagine like how awesome it would be to go yeah. see like yeah. this stuff performed live with like video in the background. I don't know if they're going to do that or not, but yeah. It's awesome. And I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to them too. I actually just got in touch with, uh, John, who's one of the guys running the project. So, and that's an excellent presentation. They have kind of explaining what they are trying to achieve. Oh yeah, for sure. And they've got a lot of, uh, a lot of rewards. I'm not going to sit here and like spout on and on about what the rewards are, but you should absolutely check it out. There will be a link in the show notes, a big bold link in the show notes. Please mm-hmm. donate. Uh, they have a very lofty goal which is understandable to get a full symphony to yeah, perform. Yeah. And I'm not sure where exactly they're going to do it, but it's $25,000 and they have some really great rewards. I have not donated yet, but I guarantee you I'm going to. I'm basically just trying to figure out which one I want to donate because I, or yeah. how much I want to donate because I have, I don't have a million dollars, you know, yeah. I, I, I limited funds uh, but right this now. Is especially. A, I mean, I would recommend people go check out the Kickstarter to see what rewards they are because it's, it's money well spent, especially if you're a, a Fukube fan. Yeah. And the one thing I will say is I think Bob Eggleton is doing a piece specifically for this project and Bob Eggleton's work is gorgeous. Yeah. Sweet. Anyway, so we're going to go ahead and move on to the next section, which is events. If you're going to be in Seattle, don't forget the Kaiju attack panel is on Sunday the 30th at Emerald City Comic Con. Really looking forward to that. Jeff's going to be there. I'm going to be there. David Dopko is going to be there. Andy Campbell from Kaiju 101 is going to be there. Maybe Heather might be there. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a really good time. We are going to record it for a future podcast. Definitely check it out uh, and go to the show if you if you are able to do so. Also, other events happening that are Kaiju-centric or at least have Kaiju guests appearing at them. Monster Palooza in Burbank, California from March 28th to the 30th. We'll have Kenji Sahara, Russ Tamblin, and... Woo! Haruo Nakajima. <laughs> uh, I am not going to be there, but I know some people who are going. I yes. really we'll be in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, we'll be in Seattle. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to hearing how um, how Russ Tamlin does at the show uh, at Chiller Theater, which is in Parsippany, New Jersey, uh, from April 25th through the 27th. Hiroshi Koizumi is going to be there, in addition to Bin Furuya. That is awesome. Koizumi, of course, played uh, Doctor. I want to say Murai and Ghidra, the three-headed monster. And he was also the, the professor in uh, Mothra versus Godzilla and the original Mothra. And he came back to reprise his role as Professor Chujo in uh, Tokyo SOS. This is the year for Japanese guests. Yeah. I think because there's, I mean, the yeah. film is coming out, so this is the year. Yeah. And Jim Ciernella, the guy who used to run Club Daikaiju, is the guy who's bringing these, mm-hmm. uh, these, um, these guests. And I, 
I was talking to him earlier on um, Facebook and I said, uh, I was like, wow, it looks like an awesome lineup. And he's like, yeah, thanks. And I said, well, actually, that's not the first thing I was thinking when I saw the lineup. I said, damn it, Jim, <laughs> because I really wish I could go to all of these. Yeah. Um, Dallas Comic Con, uh, which is in Dallas, Texas, from May 16th through the 18th, is going to have Akira Takarada, the big wow comic festival in San Jose, California. May 17th and 18th is going to have Kempachiro Satsuma, which is the one I really want to talk to. And Bin Furuya there. Spooky Empire in Orlando, Florida will have Akira Takarada and Haruo Nakajima. That is May 30th through June 1st. And those are the announced dates. I'm pretty sure that there are going to be more throughout the year. So yes, lucky us, Kaiju fans. And anybody who's like, oh, all this stuff happens on the West Coast, check it out. There's a whole bunch of stuff there not happening on the West Coast. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the East Coast, Midwest. Yep. Southeast. Yep. You have no excuse. And no excuse. Yeah. If you're a fan, you can make it to at least one of those. You should be able to. And we'll be talking about them as they, as they're announced on the show as well. Uh, we've only got a couple more things to talk about. One, we have a brand new Kaiju Core member to announce at the corporal level. Please welcome John Baglioni to the Kaiju Core. Uh, welcome, John. Jeez, man. What are you? I'm Pika? sorry. <laughs> I just get excited. We <laughs> have a new cool. member. I just, you know. Good. You should be excited, That's Jeff. It's I, exciting. I wanted times. to give him a bombastic welcome. There you go. I mean, it's. I'm not. I'm not. Sorry. I should not have. I should not have scolded you for him or to for, take the time. No, I completely appreciate. I mean, that. we all appreciate the support that we get for the Kaiju That's Cast. Right. I mean, it is a labor of love. Uh, my girlfriend can attest to how much time I actually spend working on these shows. That's right. <laughs> and she, uh, pays, she plays second fiddle to the. <laughs> Don't say that too loud. She can hear you. Uh, but basically, thank you to any members. If you want to join the Kaiju Core, please go to kaijucast.com slash support. There are three levels to choose from. All support is completely appreciated. Speaking of some support, you know, last year I made these uh, Sumier prints of the 1992 Godzilla, and I did not sell them all at Godzilla Night in San Leandro, California. And so I am actually finally able to put them into poster tubes and sell them. Uh, I have them for sale. If you want to uh, get one, send me an email, controller at kaijucast.com. I have about 20 left. And um, to sweeten the deal, I will throw in a complimentary San Diego Comic-Con Godzilla Encounter poster. So, uh, that, those are for sale. $25 if you're in the continental United States for shipping. And, uh, they, like I said, they're already packed up and ready to go. We are going to close out the show now, Jeff. So if you found the Kaiju Cast through iTunes or some other podcast directory and you want to hear more about what we're doing, see what we're doing, uh, all that good stuff, just point your web browser to kaijucast.com where you can see every episode. There's an episode list where it has a link to every episode that we've done. Uh, we also have the list of Daikaiju discussions, links to all of our social media networks, Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, etc., YouTube. Uh, you know, we also do the Monster Music Mondays. Every Monday, I play and stream music straight from the KaijuCast HQ. It costs you nothing to listen. And it's all day. All day long. Basically, unless something interrupts it, like we're recording today. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so we, uh, we have that going on. Plus, you know, I, I'm on Google Plus. Uh, so if you're on Google Plus and you're like, ooh, KaijuCast, I don't actually use Google Plus. Um, cause I, 
not a fan of it. But uh, it's just so I can do the YouTube videos with my friends from Fresh Vinyl Live. Uh, also, please subscribe to the KaijuCast. I haven't talked about that in a little while. Uh, those numbers do help us out. It proves that we're a legitimate source of entertainment news and, uh, and it, and, uh, that definitely helps raise us up into the awareness, especially because this year is going to be big for Godzilla. Definitely want to get the Kaiju cast out to as many ear holes as possible. Uh, if you cannot subscribe, you can listen to us on Stitcher, which is an app that you can download for your smartphone. And also, there's the Mediocre Radio Network. We're a part of that. Very happy to be part of the Mediocre Radio Network as well. Jeff, thank you so much for coming out and talking about Fear Festival and covering all this news with me, man. My pleasure. It's always a blast. And uh, don't forget that if you want to turn in your homework for Gamera versus Ziggler, which is our next Daikaiju discussion film, you need to have that in by March 23rd to be included in the next episode. Now, we are going to close the show literally with a song from King Kong versus Godzilla. I asked Jeff what he might want to hear, and he suggested uh, something from this movie. Yes. And something from the final battle. So this one is called The Confrontation at Mount Fuji. We will see you next month. Jamata. Jamata.